Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Yo! And we are super happy to bring you another Friday edition of our podcast. Before we get too far in, we do want to thank the patrons. So a huge thank you to... You know, I'm I'm starting to regret promising to read all these names <laughs> off because some of these are wild. <laughs> All right, so Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, HGH Cyber, Madam Bears, Smugness, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus AD, Anthony Leela, Blackwing, Silverwind, The Ascendant is a Floodgate, Branded Fart, Damien Zink, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine, Best Deck, I am McLincoln. If I'm so cheesy, then I must be all American. (sighs) Invoked Fart, Nightmare Mermaid did nothing wrong, unbanned, please. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rabina Go Chirp Chirp, Rudolph, Unbanned Number 95, Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Appaloosa, Floodgate of the Goddess. Appaloosa is the one true floodgate. Asami, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. Fragrant Lies, Occupy, Obsessed Deniers, Guaranteed, Appaloosa the Eternal. If you're wondering about that one, I want you to go back, listen to it again, and write down the first letter of each word. I'm not saying it out loud. Libromancer Best Deck, Maxi Solves Combo, Mystic Mind Duelist, Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pincode 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster Did Nothing Wrong, Slaking It Up, and VFD's Nuts. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, you can absolutely check out our Patreon there is a link in the description down below. Costs you as little as a dollar a month to make me say something dumb. Just please, we ask that, you know. Keep it PG. And something funny or something 
for, you know, not, not any, you've had issues in the past with people's names, so just try to keep it, you know, something that you would not mind seeing on your program. But we also want to thank a couple of sponsors. That's right. We are cool these days. We have sponsors. I don't know about cool, but we have sponsors these days. <laughs> so first of all, we want to thank our first sponsor, which is Dragon Shield. Absolutely. Dragon Shield is a TCG accessory maker. They make sleeves, deck boxes, play mats, binders, all of those things to help you protect all of this very expensive shiny cardboard. They so, also do magic the you know standard size for Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, so you can protect your Krenko mob boss. Absolutely. Whatever he just said, you can do that too. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't want to play those yeah, other yeah. games. Uh, you can also uh, protect your Mewtwo EXs from... That one I got. Yes. I understood that one. From Circa, what was it, 2008? Uh, I don't know about that. All I know is I got the reference. I feel like Captain America. <laughs> I got that reference. Right. Pulls out notebook, writes down. Yeah. Galaga, question mark? <laughs> so, we do, of course, want to thank Dragon Shield for sponsoring the podcast. If you want to buy some Dragon Shield products... Be sure to click their affiliate link in the description down below. It costs you nothing extra to support the podcast, and we really appreciate it. Also, be sure to check out their Dragon Shield Yu-Gi-Oh! Scanner app. If you're on iPhone, I don't, I'm not sure if it's on the Android app store. It should be, though. Be sure to go ahead and check out their app and download it. And we are going to be giving away some free one-year premium subscriptions on our Twitter account probably in the coming week we're gonna be giving away, i think five of them so be sure to go ahead check out their Yu-Gi-Oh scanner app we can leave a link to the at least we're gonna to try to leave a link in the description down below i don't know how well it's gonna work out but we're gonna try i'm gonna try yeah so be sure to check them out and also be sure to check out millennium threads millennium threads is an etsy store there is a link in the description down below they put out some awesome merchandise that is both Yu-Gi-Oh themed as well as some other different themes and if you're interested in seeing what they have there is a link like I said down below and we really recommend you checking them out some really great good quality stuff I me and Caleb have some hoodies or jackets by them and just spectacular we really love what we got so go buy their stuff go do it do, do it. it now yeah and of course, if you're shopping TCG Player, click that affiliate link in the description before you shop to help us out. No extra cost to you, the usual. All right, let's go ahead and get on into the actual episode because we actually have a lot to cover today and we have some pretty pressing things that we want to discuss with... Heavy. Yeah. It is... We're going to go ahead and get on into the news. It is with heavy hearts that we would... We are going to announce... We're not announcing this, but if you haven't heard... Kazuki Takahashi has passed away. For those that may not know, Kazuki Takahashi is the founder and the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh. He wrote the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga through the late 90s and early 2000s. I believe he parted ways with Yu-Gi-Oh in 2004. Yes, but he still held a supervisory role. Yeah, yeah, but he, he wasn't writing for the show, show manga. Right. He wasn't writing for them anymore. So uh, I'll read out the news article, and then I'm also going to read out the, the Konami statement. So 
An unbelievable loss for all of us. According to a short article from the NHK, which is the Japanese version of PBS or the BBC, around 10.30 a.m. on July 6, 2022, a man wearing snorkeling equipment was found floating off the coast of Nago City, Okinawa Prefecture, and his death was confirmed soon after. According to the Nago Coast Guard, it was confirmed on the 7th that the man was Takahashi Kazuki, the real name Kazumasa, age 60, and the creator of the extremely popular shonen manga Yu-Gi-Oh! The Coast Guard and police are currently investigating the circumstances leading up to and surrounding his death. Additional information. Mr. Takahashi went missing the night before by 9 p.m., reported by the rental car company he was using, as he had been reportedly sightseeing around Okinawa. His body was found 300 meters offshore, and his death was confirmed by the local fire department. And in a statement from Konami, in memory of Mr. Kazuki Takahashi, we are shocked and saddened to hear of the sudden passing of Mr. Kazuki Takahashi. We are deeply grateful for the wonderful Yu-Gi-Oh! universe that he has created, and our thoughts are with his friends and family at this difficult time. Together with his countless fans, we pledge to carry on the Yu-Gi-Oh! legacy with all the love and care it deserves. I think that this is hard-hitting. This is not something that you ever want to hear. Especially something that's so sudden and unexpected. But I don't think that there's any doubt in anyone's mind that this game at least I can say this for myself I can't speak for everyone this game has had such a profound and lasting impact on my life at least it really cannot be understated how important this game has been to me throughout my life other people that are from the outside may not realize how much this game means to so many people but this game truly is one of the most important <clears throat> parts of our lives. Yes. Yeah, yes. Without a doubt. And it's just a game about cardboard. Shiny, expensive cardboard meant for children. And yet it touched our lives, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In profound ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's allowed us to meet people we never would have met from all over the world at this point. Yeah, for you sure. Know, people that we never would have even known existed without this game. Yeah, absolutely. I There is a reason that Yu-Gi-Oh! is one of the three major card games. The other two, of course, being Pokemon and Magic the Gathering. Right. Yu-Gi-Oh! is so singularly unique in the way that its resource system is allocated which is to say that there's not a resource system that is allocated it's all about your resources are the cards you have at your disposal which is different from most other card games and the way that their universe was created the way that all of it was put together all the artwork is just so Spectacular. Oh yeah, spe oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know, and then of course Yu-Gi-Oh is also back in the day. It was kind of, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little too serious. But then they eventually, yeah. yeah. Then eventually they're like, okay, sure, let's just fuse two random heroes together and see what we get to Star right. Wars combined with Wizard of Oz and Kaiju's. Yeah. 
Yu-Gi-Oh's come a long, long way. But with that said, I think that Yu-Gi-Oh is maybe not the most played or the most popular, but I think Yu-Gi-Oh is the best card game as far as trading card games goes. And I, I understand that I'm saying that from an extremely biased perspective. And I, I, I truly do understand that. But I also truly do believe that Yu-Gi-Oh is the top. As far as skill levels, as far as creativity, as far as card design. I think that Yu-Gi-Oh stands above. But regardless, we owe all of that to Kazuki Takahashi. So we, of course, wanted to take our time and thank the man that gave us all of this. The myth, the legend himself. Right. So we're going to circle back around to this later on in the episode. We have a little bit more news that we want to do. And we have some new cards that we're going to read off. But it's not going to be this heavy for the whole episode, we promise. Right. We do want to thank Mr. Takahashi for all that he's done to impact our lives. And if he's up there somewhere listening, I want you to know that you've impacted all of our lives for the better. Millions of people's lives for the better. Hundreds of millions, I would say. Getting out there to a billion. Yeah. So, thank you, Mr. Takashi. You have had a profound impact, so thank you. All right, let's move on. We'll circle back around to this. We, but we're going to cover these things, and then we'll go a little bit more into this later. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the sudden and stealthy release of Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel. And as Yu-Gi-Oh! Organization says right here, release dates, once again, are for cowards. Yeah, because this came out of absolutely nowhere yet it, again. It's also still not available everywhere. Yes, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel was announced in July 2021, and we haven't heard much about it other than some players taking part in a beta test. But it unexpectedly appeared in mobile app stores today. Well, when you're listening, it'll be yesterday. Yeah. So, much like when Master Duel released, it seems to only be available in certain regions for right now, and it may also depend on your particular app store. And I think as of right now, it's Canada, Hong Kong, and somewhere else. Yeah. Like Belgium or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But check in every now and then, and there should be some updates soon. Just keep searching Cross Duel on your particular Browser. app store yeah. yeah um so a little fun fact i saw a video earlier today where you can like when you select your character like yugi kaiba jaden etc and you like tap on them they'll say stuff <coughs> and usually it's like advice right but if you keep doing it enough eventually they'll get annoyed or angry at you for for touching for keep tapping on them like a jack atlas As one does yeah like jack atlas very specifically states did i give you permission to touch me of course. Uh, Yuki's... Uh, Jane says something like, uh, like, Ow! Stop doing that! Hmm. 
Yeah, and somebody else says, uh, says, hold on, hold on, I- I'm hurrying. <laughs> you know, they, they, say, they say something funny, kind of like uh, they did in Warcraft 3. What? More work? Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm excited for the release in the United States. I'm absolutely going to check it out, if nothing else, just for entertainment's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be fun for a couple of days. Unless they do like they did with Master Duel, in which... It'll be fun for a month. Yeah, exactly. Very, very solid month. Yeah. Maybe even two. Yep. But you want to go ahead and get on into some new cards? Oh, yeah. So we're going to start with a card that was unrevealed up until this point from Darkwing Blast. Actually, I think all of these cards are Darkwing Blast. We have a World Ocean Dragon Zelantis. This is a Link 4 Water Sea Serpent Effect Monster. 2,500 attack. <coughs> Link arrows are top left, bottom, and right. And its materials, 1 plus Effect Monsters. Which means because it's a Link 4, you can link off another Link 4 directly into this. Yup. Hey, hey, you can summon Shurag, get the Banish, and then link one in this dude, get the search. Yes, you absolutely can do that, which is broken. (laughs) You can only use the second and third effects of this card's name each once per turn. One, you can only control one World Ocean Dragon Zelantis. That makes sense. Two, during your main phase, you can banish as many monsters on the field as possible. Then special summon as many of them as possible to their owner's fields in face-up attack, face up defense or face down defense position. So if your opponent's got a bunch of monsters and you just can't run over, you can blink them all into defense position. Or even funnier, face down defense position. So they have effects, they can't trigger them now. Right. Three, during the battle phase, quick effect, you can destroy as many cards on the field up to the number of co-linked monsters. Oh, also because it special summons them back, Yes. You, you can rearrange your links to co-link a bunch of stuff. You absolutely can. That is correct. And then just battle phase, quick effect. Game. Yes, you can do that. Uh, we had a note. We had originally guessed it was Zella, as in Godzilla, which takes its name from Kujira, Japanese for whale. Further investigation seems to infer its name is Zealandia, the submerged continent, continental plate that New Zealand and New Caledonia sit on. And Atlantis, the legendary sunken ocean. Sparkle, sparkle. All right, let's go to the next cards. Yep. Uh, so, uh, in the last episode, we had said that, yeah, we're supposed to get some Darkwing Blast news soon. You know, they're having a whole TV show about it. Could uh, be anything. Could be anything. Could be, you know, we might be getting, you know, it's my getting, getting a new archetype. That we woke up the next morning to a new archetype. Not really a new archetype, but it's like a new take on an old, old on an older archetype that really wasn't its own archetype until... The Xyz era? Yes. Ninjas. It's ninjas. We're talking ninjas. Yeah, a bunch of new ninja support. So if you or any of your friends are ninja related, um, congratulations. Here here you go. Oh, yeah. So to begin with, we have have, uh, Sky Ninja Tobari. Level 1 Earth Winged Beast. You don't see Earth Winged Beast very often. That's cool. You really don't. Uh, Zero attack, zero defense. You can only use the first and third effect this card's name each once in return. One, you can send this card from your hand to the graveyard, special summon a ninja monster from your hand in face down or face up defense position. So it it literally turns any ninja monster in your hand into an extender. Pretty good. Uh, two, cannot be destroyed by battle or card effects. The turn it was special summoned or flip face up. 
cool. Three, during your opponent's main main or battle phase. Quick effect. Fusion summon a ninja fusion monster from your extra deck using monsters on your hand or filled as fusion f as material for the fusion. <clears throat> that feels good, right? That's a quick effect polymerization. Yeah, it feels good. Oh my god. Uh, next up we have an insect ninja Mitsu. Level 2 water insect. You don't see water insects very often. Uh, 200 attack, 2100 defense. He's beefy. Interesting that so far, neither of these are warriors. We'll get to that. Okay, continue. You can only use the first and second phase of this curse name once per turn. If you control a ninja card or a face down defense position monster, you can special summon this card from your hand. It's just a generic extender if you if you play flip monsters. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, two, when your opponent activates a monster effect, quick effect, you can target a face down defense one of your face-down defense position monsters. Change it to face-up defense position. And if you do, change this card to face-down defense position. Then, if the target monster was a ninja monster, accept itself, negate the opponent's activated effects. Amazing. Oh my god, it's so complicated. Uh, next up, we have Beast Ninja Baku. Level 3 Wind Beast. 1500 attack, 600 defense. You can only see first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if this card is added to your hand except by drawing, you can special summon it. I love this. Keep going. Oh my god. Two, if this card is special summoned or flip face up, target a ninja or ninjutsu art card in your graveyard to face up spell and trap zone, accept itself, return it to your hand. It just lets you return it just lets you recycle your ninjas and your ninjutsu cards. It's pretty I'm perfectly fine with this. On su on any summon or if it gets flip face up. So if you're probably actually an effect and you have um the negate, flip, flip, effect to 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 recur. Oh my god. Next up, we have probably my favorite, um, Gunmetal Ninja, or, uh, Kagero Musket Ninja. It's, it's weird. Uh, Musket Ninja Kagero, or maybe Gunmetal Ninja Kagero. Not entirely sure. Uh, level four fire warrior effect monster, 1600, uh, attack, 2000 defense. Can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. It's a ninja with a gun. What's not to love? It's spectacular. One, if this card is normal or special summon or flip face up, being special summon a ninja monster from your hand or graveyard and face down defense position, except itself. When your opponent activates a card or effect that targets a ninja or a face down defense position monster you control and no other cards, and this card is in your graveyard, quick effect, you can special summon this card into face down defense position, face down defense position, ugh, tongue twister there, and if you do, return the targeted card to the hand. Huh. These feel good so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have War Ninja Misen, level six Dark Warrior Fusion, the Fusion Monster, twenty five hundred attack, fifteen hundred defense. Materials: two Ninja monsters with different types. Oh, okay, so that's where the okay, that's where the different typings come in of insects and okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, must first be either Fusion Summoned or Splash Summoned from your extra deck by tributing the above cards. You can only use the third effect of this card's name each once per turn. You can you can tag out into it. That's pretty nifty. You can kind of... It's, it's like a fake uh, contact fusion. Because you're right. shooting them instead of just fusing them. It's not really a fusion. It's uh, one, your ninja monsters can attack directly. Okay. Two, cannot be targeted for attacks while you control a face-down position monster. Three, when your opponent activates a card or effect, quick effect, you can special summon a ninja monster from your deck and face up or face-down defense position. It's pretty good. I'm with it. Uh, next up, we have a quick play spell. Novel Ninjutsu Art Book. You can only see first and second effect of this card name each once per turn. One, if an opponent controls a card, 
If your opponent controls a card, colon. Seems like a pretty easy activation condition. Yeah, set a ninjutsu art spell trap and or one ninja monster. One from your deck and one from your graveyard, except another copy of itself. I feel like we can definitely activate those. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, it's and or. So you could theoretically, like, set, an, set a ninja from your graveyard back to your field and then set a ninjutsu art from your... Uh, Spell from your uh, deck directed to the field. That's cool. Yeah, uh, two. If this set card is sent to the graveyard, you can target a face-up monster on the field. Book a moon it. That's good enough. Punishes your opponent for popping it. Yes, it does. Uh, Ninjutsu art equipment. Kanamagura equip spell. Ugh. You can only use the second and third. <laughs> equip spell. Ugh. You can only use the second and third effect of this first name each once per turn. One. The equipped monster gains 500 attack. And it's treated as a ninja monster. You can banish a ninja monster from your graveyard, then target one card on the field, destroy it. That's pretty good. Yo, I'm um, with it. And if this card is sent from the field to the graveyard, target one of your banished ninja monsters. Either add it to your hand or special summon it in face down defense position. Okay. So who here likes the ninjutsu art spe art spells and traps? Well, I hope it's everyone, because we got a new one. Ninjutsu Art of Fallen Leaves Dance. Continuous Trap. You only use one of the first and second effect of this card's name once per turn, and only once that turn. One. So that's a super hard once per turn. Oof. Yes. One. Activate this card by targeting a ninja monster or a face-down defense, defense position monster on the field. Tribute it. And if you do, special summon a ninja monster from your deck. When this card leaves the field, send the summoned monster to the graveyard. Two, if this face up if this card is face up, you can target an Ninjutsu art, continuous spell trap, and your spell and trap zone return to the hand. Seems good, right? Yeah, that, that it's like a call the haunted that can forcefully recycle itself. Oh Seems my god. Oh my god, hold on. If your opponent attempts to pop it with anything that is an access code, you need to activate effect return to your hand. I mean it I it seems good to me. I'm not an expert in the ninja cards, but it seems good for ninja cards. Yeah, I mean, particularly because ninjas right now are, are like the only deck that can uh, perform the Darksome Warglock. And even then, they would struggle to do it consistently in today's day and age. Uh, not with this stuff, um, because all the, literally all the need is to get into... I forgot, there's a specific ninja and a ninjutsu art, where once they get them on field... Um, they set uh, anti-spell fragrance, pass, boom, they got it. Yeah, but the key is that they have to get to anti-spell fragrance also. Yes. But, I mean, even just getting into the Dark Samor to begin with, um, it's still very powerful. Cause then, right. Yeah, because then, like, cause then, like, let's say you have, you, you can start running stuff like Cosmic Cyclones, you can main Cosmic Cyclones, Twin Twisters, and then when your opponent sets the spell card to attempt to activate, you can just pop it. Right. Um, which is... Fantastic! It is very strong in, within its own right. Oh yeah, um, and then of course, if you just happen to also have the anti spell fragrance, boom, there you go. Yes. Uh, so yeah, overall, I think the new ninja support is really cool. Um, I, but I also just kind of think ninjas are cool. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's very cool, but I also just think that in general, ninjas are pretty cool. Yeah. So um, maybe we aren't the best judge of what what cards are good, right? Uh, so, moving right along, we got some new Prediction Princess support. I'm with it. Uh, get pushed out by a ninja? Well, let's supercharge your deck with three cards channeling the fortunes of the netherworld. 
for those who don't know what Prediction Princesses are. Uh, it is themed. It is a theme centered around flip monsters and ritual summoning by accelerating flip effects with the effects of Prediction Princess Tarot Tray. This deck balances the use of flip effects and ritual summons to dominate the duel on all fronts. It's a it's a ritual flip deck. I'll be honest. I'm gonna let you read these too, because fair enough. First, okay, <laughs> first off, the new of the new ones we have Prediction Princess Biblio Muse, level nine Earth Fairy Flip Monster, 25, uh, 25, 2500 attack and defense, really good. Um, you can only use the first second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, this card is tributed and sent to the graveyard. Special summon in face down defense position. Oh my. Two, flip at a prediction princess monster, except another copy of itself, and a ritual spell from your deck to your hand. That feels pretty good. Three, your opponent cannot target ritual monsters you control with card effects. Also, they cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. That feels really good. That's real. That's actually really good. Um. It'll depend on how good they can, like, get the flip effects going. Right, right. That's kind of the biggest issue, flip effect monsters. Uh, next up, we have Nether Prediction Princess, Terra Wraith. It makes sense that that would be an issue with flip effect monsters. Uh, level 9, Dark Fairy. Uh, 1,200 attack, 2,700 defense. It is a ritual flip monster, which is really cool. I think it's cool. Uh, I agree, it is cool. You can rit ritual summon this card with another prediction ritual. Must be ritual summoned or special summoned with prediction princess Tarot Ray. You can only use the first and second fact this card's name used once per turn. One, flip. You can special summon a flip monster from your deck in face down defense position. Yo. Any flip monster. I like it. Two, quick effect. Activate one of these effects. Change any number of face-down monsters control to face-up defense position. Yo. Or change any number of face-up monsters back to face-down. Yo, my dog, uh, I heard that you like accidental guru support. Not just accidental guru support, you could also run other, because of her effect to spe to special summon any flip monster from your deck, that would also, and then it should immediately follow up with her quick effect, that could also give you access to doing some shenanigans with um, the likes of uh, Nobleman Eater Bug, Hade uh, right, right. Hane, Penguin Soldier, Man said, hey, Hane. Yeah, it's Hane Hane, but it does too. I know what Hane Hane is. It's just... A, it, it, it's it's a, a power-crept Hane Hane. Yeah, it's a penguin soldier that needs a tribute. Yes. Normally. But like... Yeah, Alexis, you can get the double pop with, with Nobleman Eater Bug, or the or the double bounce with Hey Hane and Penguin Soldier. Or you can also get the flip and then mill with, with, off of Raikou. Or... You could just get a what you call it engine going. A guru. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely a guru. You can also get a guru engine going as well. on top of that. Um, next up we have Nether Prediction Ritual. Who would have thunk it? This card can be used to ritual summon any prediction princess monster from your hand or grave hand or graveyard, in face up attack position or face down defense position. You must, you must also tribute monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed the level of the ritual monster you ritual summoned. So you can just ritual summon out of your graveyard. Wait, yeah, I guess you can, huh? Yeah, and then they can be face up or face down, and you can exceed the level. A lot of the previous ones required you matching the level. I think the only thing is you. Even though you can exceed the level, you still cannot overpay the uh, cost. Of course, of course. You, you can, so like, let's say with level nine, you can do two level threes and level four, but you can't do like four level threes. For the, because it's a level nine. Right, yeah, you couldn't do four level threes because 
then you're like you could if, have met that cost with less. You yeah, know what I mean, but you but if you have to, you can do two level threes and a level four because that's eleven. No, that's ten. Right. I'm good at math. Eh, debatable. Yeah. But. Um, it's second effect during the standby phase. If you control a prediction princess ritual monster, banish this card from your graveyard. Special summon a non-ritual prediction princess monster from your deck in face down defense position. That's actually a very solid. It's fairly fairly solid support. Of course, it's all actually just guru support, but still, that's that's cool. Uh, next up, we have splite support. Yo, according to Wii Uyghur organization, first line: obey your thirst. Because <laughs> sprite. <coughs> all right, want to sprite cam- cranberry? Uh, no, I'm good. So we're gonna start <laughs> with splite sprint, or is it sprint? I don't know. A new splite link to link to fire thunder link effect monster. That, that's a really cool type attribute combo. It is fourteen hundred attack links bottom left top right. Two monsters including a level rank or link to monster. Near impossible can, to do. Yeah oh yeah yeah so difficult in splite. You can use one of the first and second effects of this card's name once per turn and only once that turn. Cannot be used as link material. The turn is link summoned. One, if this card is link summoned, you can send one level two monster from your deck to the graveyard. Two, if another monster or monsters is link summoned while this card is on the field, you can detach one material from your Xyz monster, then target one monster on the field, return it to the hand. Why they gotta do that? Do us dirty like that? What on earth is this? Another monster. I'm, I gotta read it again. Honestly, that this is this feels really good. Oh yeah, no, no, because like as long as you have an Xyz monster out, if your opponent summons anything, effect bounce it back to hand. Yeah. Next, you have Splite Double Cross, a normal trap. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, target one monster on the field or in the graveyard to activate one of its effects. One, attach it to your rank two monster's material. Wow, that's actually really good right there alone. Two, if your opponent controls it, place it in your zone, your link two monster points to, and take control of it. Or, and then the last effect, if it is in the graveyard, special on it to your zone, your link two monster points to. This feels like a really good card. Lots of different ways that you can interrupt. Yeah, like you can either literally just have one of your rank two exceeds, eat one of their mon- get Cyber Dragon Infinity's effect at, at spell speed two. Yes. Or just. Yoink one of your opponent's cards, or if they put something in grave that they need, slash summon it. Like, it's, I mean, it seems good. Like, I'm trying to think of like in a situation where just special summoning, like, still when your opponent's monster out of their graveyard, the spell speed two is like the best thing ever. Oh, I mean, if they tribute, uh, if they like Ben Ten tribute you or Alpha tribute Ben Ten, you can't tri- you can't special summon the Ben Ten because it wasn't uh. Ritual summoned, or no, it was. I don't remember how the combo. No, 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 no. I don't. Oh, um, Karis pitch kit, right? Another kit's effect. Another example, actually, I just thought of, which is in a. My point is that you can use it similar to DD Crow. Yeah, and just, but instead, you get the you steal the monster from them, so then they have to spend their battle phase. Basically, any way that you could use DD Crow, you could use this instead. Yeah, to just you steal it or you could just steal a monster off their field to push for game exactly or just eat one of their stuff yes if you don't have the link to it's an incredibly versatile card it's really i just don't know if it's searchable but 
I think it, it is. It is. It is a splite spell or trap. It, one of the main deck splites, search for any splite spell or trap. The only, th- literally, the only thing holding it back is the fact that it's a trap card. It's the only thing. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got some new support for... Yep. Uh, this is the ultimate showdown. Ultimate destiny. Come on, you apes. You want to live forever? Uh, I, yeah, they, they put that on the... They put that on the Yuga organization page, that line. Come on, do you want to live forever? But, like, I don't know what that's a reference to. It. Is it Planet of the Apes? I don't think so. I I was right as I was about to say the name of the movie. Gone. Poof, gone. Into the wind. You know, with that, uh, poof sound effect. Yeah. All right. Next, we. So, the next card is Final Battle at Golgonda. This is a continuous spell card. You can only use the third effect of this card's name once per turn. When this card's name becomes Great Sand Sea Gold Golgonda while on the field or in the graveyard. That being a field spell. Yes. Uh, the card is a continuous spell card. Yep. But the Great Sand Sea Gold is Golgonda. Spell. Yes. Yeah. Once per turn, if a card you control will be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can send one fusion monster that mentions Fallen of Outbaz as material from your extra deck to the graveyard instead. And then three during each end phase. If you have Fallen of Albaz on your field or in your graveyard, you can special summon one Spriggan's monster from your hand or deck. It's a Spriggan card. Uh, technically, well, because Great Grand's Great Sand Sea Gold Golgonda uh-huh. is is the Spriggan's field spell. Yeah, but it feels more like a Fallen of Albaz card here. Oh, it, 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 oh, it's second fact definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Next, we have Tri Brigade Last Stand. Continuous spell card. You can only use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if a Beast Beast Warrior and or Winged Beast Monster or Monsters is special summoned to your field, you can target one of your banished Tri Brigade Monsters, add it to your hand. That feels pretty good. Yeah. Two, if your Tri Brigade Monster battles an opponent's monster after damage calc, you can return that opponent's monster to the hand. It's pretty good. Okay, so... The Japanese name of Tribrigade Last Hand is Tribrigade Deadline. Deadline here is referencing uh, Shisen, which is which means the point between life and death, being on the verge of death itself. Basically, they're trying to evoke a final charge, last rally, final or last stand, charge of life brigade, 300 Spartans, sort of mood. Sure. That, that is literally what the note said at the bottom of the page. Yeah, yeah. All right, you can have the next ones. Okay, cool. Uh, so next up, we have... Unfortunately, some adventure stuff. The adventures in Isekai Land never end, with new support to make up for key parts being limited. Oh boy. First off, we have Sp- Sacred Spirit Vessel Thesea. Thesea? Thesea? T-H-E-S-E-A. Thesea. The Sea. I think it's th- I think it's Thesea. Thesea sounds cool. Level 4 yeah, Earth... Like What's with all the Earth Fairies randomly? Uh, level 4 Earth Fairy I don't know, but monster. I'm with it. 1,000 attack, 1,000 defense. You can only use the first, second effect of this card's name each once per turn. 1. If you control an adventure token, special summon this card from your hand. Cool. 2. You can reveal a card that mentions adventure <laughs> token in your hand. Add a non-normal spell that mentions adventure token from your deck to your hand. You cannot special summon monsters that turn out its effect except adventure token and monster that mention it. <laughs> so you can search anything that isn't a right of Aramisir. Yes. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a continuous spell, Aramatir, the Forbidden Spell. So I guess it's like a dark version of Aramasir. Yes. Continuous spell. You can only use the first second effect of this card's name each once per turn. 
<clears throat> One, during your main phase, I can special summon an adventure token. Great, it's another way to get the to get the adventure token. Hold yep. up to either field. For whatever reason. Then send one card from your hand to the graveyard. You cannot special monsters that turn you out to this effect, except adventure token monsters that mention it. Two, if a monster you control is by battle or card effect, you can special summon an adventure token to either field. Again with the either field! That's so weird. Why would I want to give my opponent an adventure token? I can name exactly one situation where it's viable to give your opponent an adventure token. What's that? The, um, Lost World. Yes, that is fair. I don't know. It seems, it feels weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. The only thing I can think of is that they're going to release some, some adventure token support that's also anti-adventure token support. That's like designed around popping your opponent's adventure token. I'm not sure. It, it it's it, it feels very weird and clunky, but yeah, like why why would they? I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and we are done with new cards. So let's take just a moment to do a quick ad read, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about, about... how Yu-Gi-Oh has affected us. All right, so <clears throat> we want to thank our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB Games is, of course, our locals, and they are a great place to go to for all of your card game needs. They are your one-stop shop for everything for Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Digimon, or whatever other card games you enjoy playing. You can get all of your sleeves, binders, deck boxes, play mats, whatever you need, as well as you can also get D&D and tabletop figurines, books, dice, and whatever else you need for the games that you love. So, if you're interested in checking out ETB Games, be sure to check out their link, which is in the description down below. If you're anywhere in, say, East Texas, Arkansas, pretty much anywhere in Louisiana, someplace in Mississippi, it's really not a bad drive. And we absolutely recommend checking it out at some point. So, with all of that said, let's get back on into the episode. So... With the passing of Kazuki Takahashi, we wanted to take the back end of the podcast and talk about the how this Yu-Gi-Oh card game has affected us and our lives. Because I don't think it's any secret that we love this game to death, but it's kind of understated the profound impact that it's actually had for us so you and i were friends before we started playing Yu-Gi-Oh. oh yeah but when we realized that we both enjoyed the game is when i feel like we really hit it off as friends oh yeah no no is it that was our primary bonding uh uh exercise i guess Right, that was kind of the glue that stuck us together. Yeah, yeah, like it started with us just kind of talking about Pokemon stuff. Pokemon and video game, yeah. Mario Kart, whatever. Yeah, but it was Yu-Gi-Oh that kind of brought us together closer. Right, absolutely. I mean, it was really the bonds that pulled us together. So I guess that you could say that that's the first way that Yu-Gi-Oh has impacted the 
our lives, mm -hmm. one of the earliest ways that it impacted oh, our yeah. lives. Oh uh, yeah, and then of course, much later, we got to uh, check out uh, Hammond, Louisiana, which I had never been to before. Got our first regional. Slidell. Slidell, thank you. Yes. Uh, you know, which I had never been to before. Right, I did not even know that they had larger scale tournaments. I, I that At the time, we still didn't know what SJCs were. Listen, we weren't a thing yet. We didn't know what a local game store was. Right. We, we didn't even know that there were, like, quote-unquote, card shops. Yeah. We didn't know what that was. Yeah. We, listen, listen. I didn't even know that there were game stores. Right. For board games and tabletops. And I didn't right. know that existed. Absolutely. We, we knew. <laughs> the closest thing we had was we had an ETB Games in our hometown. Not even a GameStop yet. It was an ETB Games. Yeah. Later, it got bought out by GameStop. Uh, the the U.S. ETB games that got bought out by GameStop, right? Um, which is now GameStop. I think there are still a couple of ETB games that held out, and they're still like privately owned. Yeah, yeah, but those are like individual franchises. Well, they're individual, privately owned stores. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but then, of course, there's also the ETB game. And then, of course, over in Europe, I think ETB games is bigger. Or is it, no, it's is it ETB or EBT? EBT, I think. Because ETB ETB games yes, is, yes. are locals. Yeah, yeah. E kind of confusing there yeah it is confusing it was either i think it was i think it was actually was etb games or eb games maybe i'm googling it's been years yeah, it's been a, well over a decade but no it was a great <clears throat> a great it experience was eb games eb games okay it was kind of some of my earliest memories of friendship and childhood and hanging out with my friends outside of school i mean when i was really little like first grade second grade all the way through fifth about fifth grade i, I played playground sports like football and baseball <laughs> but i always dabbled with Yu-Gi-Oh. even to the point where i would play Yu-Gi-Oh with my baseball playground friends until we moved up after Hurricane Katrina, and not long after that is when I met you. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! again, and playing Yu-Gi-Oh! more, and started traveling for different tournaments, and it was probably about four years later is when we first really traveled for a tournament. Yep, to, yep. Austin, Texas. Yeah, boy. Well, I say first time we really traveled, it was probably... It was late 2011, which we did go to San Antonio for one regional. Yeah. So we, we did regionals in Hammond, then San Antonio, then Lafayette and Shreveport. And then we went to YCS Austin 2013. Mm -hmm. And then after that, maybe we did one more Shreveport regional before... We kind of dropped out of the game. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because then after that was the event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where uh, we went to... MechaCon. MechaCon. In New Orleans, which is no yeah. longer a convention there. Uh, I thought they were still... No, I thought they were having one this year. No. Last year was the last year they did it. Because mm. I know uh, AlysiaCon shuttered. Yeah, MechaCon also shut down. Because mm. of COVID. I, I'm pretty sure it's because of COVID. So, but it's very, very, very 
it was at that con they had a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament where so much stuff of ours got stolen that we just ended up quitting the game. But who would have known that when we came back that we would find this kind of a passion for it. This year was the last year for Mega Con. No. Oh. 2020. When uh, lockdown hit and it came about that time, they just said, we can't survive. Oh, okay. That's and okay. threw up their hands. Alicia Con then sh- got shuttered this year. Oh, okay. So now the only major convention that I can even go to, I can even consider going to anymore is... Uh, Comic-Con. Sci-Fi-Con. You can go to Comic-Con. Yeah, but it's not an anime convention. That's true. It's a generic comic convention. Yeah, yeah, they do, they do, they do anime too. But it's actually where I got one of my favorite T-shirts. Really? Yeah, the bright yellow one from One Punch yeah, Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also where I got a uh, Tom Bob uh, pop figure signed by the man himself. But how much of what we're talking about now, going to conventions, going and enjoying all of these, what are now mainstream things. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yu-Gi-Oh! is one of the things that made things like anime. That made things like card games. Mainstream in America. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Worldwide. I mean, yeah, there was also Pokemon and Magic. Which Magic is still the... I think it's still the number one most popular card game in the U.S., Probably Pokemon being Pokemon Yu Gi Oh being like right behind it. Um, so even without Yu Gi Oh, there'd still be card game, there'd still be Pokemon and Magic in the U.S. But outside of the U.S., most other places, as far as I'm aware, Magic and Pokemon just isn't very popular because card games in general aren't trading card games in general aren't very popular. Right. Except for in Japan. That's Japan. Japan's its own little little dimmy playing just about. Yeah, for sure. Put your Google in there, buddy. Most popular trading card games, 2022. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, now so, there's a bunch of bunch of different trading card games. There really are a lot more than I was expecting. So. Anyway. <clears throat> but, uh, baby, like, there's a lot of places I never would have gone. A lot of food I never would have gotten to try. I love how that's where your mind goes is the food that we, you never would have tried. Yeah. Bro, I, I can respect that. I enjoy food also. I mean, this is the guy who also really likes to cook and bake. I, too, like cooking. I don't really like baking too much, but I love cooking. Listen, man. The secret is you get a electric mixing bowl. Mm-hmm. Which we have. That's got a dough hook. We have one of those. Yes, that's the secret. The dough hook is the I don't secret know how to, to use, breads. I don't know how to use a dough hook. I don't even know. Oh, okay, 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 okay. No, this is not a cooking podcast. We'll talk about that, it after. That's fair. That's fair. We're talking about how Yu-Gi-Oh impacted our lives, yes. not how the dough hook <laughs> impacted our lives. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> well, it was also it was actually a <gasps> Yu-Gi-Oh cosplayer that introduced me to the whole concept of cosplay. Yeah, absolutely. As its own individual thing. Um, I was actually at a Yu-Gi-Oh! It's actually one of the regionals. Someone was cosplaying uh, Mai, I think. Really? I don't remember. This was years ago. Someone was cosplaying one of the female characters, and I was just like, "You can do that? <laughs> you can do this?" Yeah, and they just ca- and they said one word to me: cosplay. That's awesome. And that's how I learned that that was a thing. Yeah, I, I have a huge, huge, huge amount of respect for the Yu-Gi-Oh card game for what it's done 
not just for me, but for, I mean, tens of millions of people all over the world in what is, let's be honest here, a relatively short amount of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, 26 years, give or take. Not, I mean, less than that. 20 years in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Card, yeah, game, exactly. card game has been a thing yeah. right at 20 years. Yeah, but like, I think development for the game started in 1994. But that was before he was even called Yu-Gi-Oh! It was called, like, Demons and Wizards or something. Honestly, I want to say that the original Yu-Gi-Oh! manga started getting published in, like, 99? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's when it, um... Yeah, yeah, because like, like I said, that was that was whenever he was still developing as a card game, then he wrote the manga, which was supposed to originally be a uh, serial killer manga. Which is hilarious. Yeah, kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing going on with... Uh, First UV. published in 1999. Yeah, uh, which was kind of like Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde thing with uh, Yugi and Atem, the pharaoh. Right, right. Um, and he just kind of went, eh, let's make it a card game. To kind of be a more symbolic thing of a battle of wills. Wow. At, at the end of the day... It really, really, like I said at the beginning of the episode, Yu-Gi-Oh! has impacted our lives so profoundly. We sit here upwards of three out, two and a half, three hours, maybe more, just recording. Right. And plus the time that we spend on social media for me. Editing for me. On the editing back end and posting for you hours a day interacting with people doing taking entire days to go places like like we traveled all the way to uh north carolina no, not north carolina south carolina south carolina no, it was north carolina charlotte north yeah, carolina. yeah there we go. yeah yeah in north carolina um again a place i never would have gone to yeah I'm, I, I'm going somewhere where I never thought I was actually going to get to go. Yeah. In September. I'm, uh, I'm flying to YCS Niagara. I'm going yep. to Canada for Yu-Gi-Oh. I told my wife, I'm going to Canada. And she said, ha ha, that's funny. Why would you go to Canada? And I said, to play Yu-Gi-Oh. And she said, oh, actually, that kind of makes sense. Are you really going? And I said, I would really like to. Yeah. And she said, okay, well, have fun. Think about that. Yeah. If I would have said because I want to instead of for you to play Yu-Gi-Oh, she would have called me crazy. But she knows how much I love this game yeah. and how the the impact that it's had. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the only reason why I'm not going is because I can't afford it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'd have to sell off, like, everything I have just about just to go, and then I wouldn't have a deck. Speaking of selling off everything I have to go, uh, I am posting a large sale in Twitter and Discord if yeah, you are interested so he can help try and raise money for the trip yeah because i i need money to go and uh <laughs> i could cover most of it but it would help to sell a lot of the stuff i'm not using so if you're interested hit me up because i have a lot of stuff that i'm looking to sell yeah anyway off topic this is not really a me um trying to sell stuff uh of course podcast. not no of course not no okay well that's not what that's not the main purpose of the podcast but oh, I mean, no, while i'm it's, here it's not even like the fit it's not even on the in the top five of things yeah but while i'm here anyway out of a list of like seven things yeah yeah the point is this game has put us in a position to where i always wanted to create content and i could never figure out quite what i wanted to create content about <coughs> and as we came back into the game of Yu-Gi-Oh, i realized that there's no podcasts 
I realize that this is what I want to make content about because yeah. this is what I've always wanted to make content about. So I, I'm happy to be here. Caleb, I'm happy to be here with you. We've been best friends for a long, long, long time. Over half of my life at this point. Oh yeah, it's it's close it's closer to a lot. It's like th- three eighths of mine. It's uh, almost half as well. Right, it's close. close to half. So for this to be all because of one person, that says a lot. I. Uh, Truly the butterfly effect. Truly one guy pushing a tiny little domino as he picks up a pen and puts it to the paper and buildings falling over. I I prefer to picture it as a leaf falling in a pond. Sure, that works too. Because it ripples. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Ripples out. But but it's more like a um, a tree fell into a fishbowl. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah there's like a, oh or like it's like that it's like it's like one of those games where you can like adjust the the uh the season you just just all the way to winter all these just go in one <laughs> yeah. go. yeah exactly exactly um I, I love the hell out of this game and it's stupid it's wacky it's it's you need to be a lawyer to play this game absolutely <clears throat> the game has so many faults and so many flaws. The company that runs it is not perfect. Let's be honest here. But damn, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I love being here three nights a week with one of my very best friends in the whole world. I love traveling to these tournaments with so many of great, Get, great friends and getting con- to meet some colleagues. really, really cool people. <clears throat> Absolutely, getting to meet some of some people that I never would have met otherwise. People from, like you said earlier, from all over the world. This game has brought so many people together for decades now, and we got one person to thank for that. So thank you again to Mr. Takahashi. <clears throat> That's all I've got. Uh, Caleb, do you have anything you want to add? I got one more thing. Go for it. Give that man a statue. If he doesn't have one already, he definitely should. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We do not have a podcast question of the day today. I didn't, I, we didn't prep one. We didn't think far enough in advance to do that. But thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And until next week, I hope you have a great weekend, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.